welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, let us continue our deeper dive into how to divorce-proof your marriage. We've, we've hit some really important um, tips, I guess you would say, on how to do that. Number one, we got an enemy. His name is Satan. He is evil. He is a liar. He's a deceiver, and he wants to destroy your marriage. Number two, we know that you are going to be dating your representative, your representative of your spouse, which is the best version of themselves. They're going to smell good, talk good, act good. Everything's going to be good until you get the ring on the finger. And then you find out who the real person is that you married. Number three, we have something that can heal us, that can bond us. That God has given us Which is supernatural sex Which can only be had In the covenant of marriage The bonding of the spirit The bonding of the soul And the bonding of the bodies Supernatural sex It's really good But it can only be had In the covenant of marriage And then of course We, number four We have some spiritual Laws that protect our marriage, divorce-proof our marriage, if we adhere to, if we obey, if we are in alignment with these four laws. Number one, the law of love, the law of priority. Your marriage is number one. Law number two, which is the law of what? Pursuit. You got to continue doing the things you did when you got your spouse. Number number three, the law of partnership is not one person superior over the other person. You're truly partners with different roles and responsibilities, but you are a magnificent unit of of uh, of a human beings that come together in one accord in alignment with God's word as Jesus Christ as their Lord. Mm, powerful combination They can turn Hallelujah They can turn The earth Back into the Garden of Eden And of course Number four The spiritual law of love Of purity Yes And it's bigger than Just sexual purity It's keeping your mind Clean and cleared It's keeping your heart Clean and cleared Always thinking The best of your spouse Not the worst of your spouse the law of purity. And then, of course, number five, we have wounded souls. We have wounded souls. And we need to ask for deliverance, ask for healing, because with every slash, every gash, every betrayal, everything that's happened to us since we came out the birth canal, and even before we came out of the birth canal, everything Satan can use to come in and destroy us. It's weaponizes us. It's weaponizing our souls to destroy us, to self-destruct, destroy us from inside, the inner destruction. The wounded souls, they must be healed and delivered, and they can be through the power of the Lord God, Holy Spirit. So now, let's go even deeper. Let's go even deeper into how to divorce Prove your marriage I ended up the last broadcast Talking about 
dating and how it's a very tenuous in some cases. You have to make sure that you have your boundaries already in alignment and surround yourself with godly family and friends, members who also understand those boundaries and pray and pray that you will not break those boundaries. And then we talked about why. Why do we break these boundaries? Because we don't have the ancient um, traditions of having a chaperone or not putting yourself in a compromising position. We have so much freedom now that we can be in the same hotel room with our future spouse. Now, what do you think going to happen then? I mean, really? <laughs> no. This is, we, we have a situation where we are really in a precarious situation with our future spouses. And in many cases, because of the, the woman's being naturally designed to become pliable to her husband and her future husband and the fact that the, the woman loves the, the man so much that she's willing to do almost anything for him which has got a lot of women in a lot of trouble, many of them in prison for doing things for their man. So what, what is next? The next thing is that we must come to an agreement when we are dating on what are the boundaries and what kind of conversations conversations that we should be having when we are dating. It became very clear to me, I haven't been dating for very long, but there are certain conversations, certain words that I've asked my boyfriend not to have with me because they are erotic. They, 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 they stimulate the, the, the desire for sex, words really, words really are, have power. And, and the words basically actually feed into the mind. The mind feeds into the will and the emotions, right? So words. So we need, need to be careful about the kind of language, about the kind of um, talk that we have with each other when we are dating, our our conversations need to be pure. Our conversations need to be in alignment with God's word. Our conversations should be basically about getting to know one another, getting to know the real person, right? Getting to find out what are their, their likes and their dislikes. You know, I, I love God so much. I actually try to figure out what is God's favorite color? Well, you say all of the colors are God's favorite colors, but God has favorite colors. Guess what? And guess what? You'll find them on the Ark of the Covenant, right? You'll find the red, the blue, the purple, the white, and the gold. So just like I found out about what God's favorite colors are, I need to know what my future spouse's favorite colors are. i never forget when I found out that my boyfriend liked yellow. I'm not a big yellow person, but I did have a dream a while back about having a yellow beach house, and I went out and bought a bunch of yellow clothes. So I did have a few yellow outfits, and I started wearing yellow. And then finally, he said, baby, I want you to wear 
something that you want to wear. I know that you're wearing these because you're trying to please me. And so what we do is we we try to um, find out what are their likes, what are the dislikes, what are their favorite foods. Um, there's an awesome book out there called The Five Love Languages, and it's really a great book. And basically it talks about how we each have a, a primary love language and probably a secondary love language. But most people, when they love someone or want to show affection to someone, they basically um, they they basically want to show their love in their own personal love language, which is not, in many cases, not the love language of your boyfriend or girlfriend, not the love language of your future spouse. So you have to find out what their love language is like. Affirmation is one of my love languages. So I, I like affirmation. I like acts of service. I like gifts. I like them all. But um, quality time, all of those are love languages. Touch, that's another big love language. So, so you have to discover what is your spouse's, what is your future spouse's love language, and you need to fill up their love tank, right, by performing deeds and acts for their love language. I, I never forget one, um, um, one of the stories of a husband, and he, you know, the wife was not very responsive. You know, after a while, it starts showing up in the bedroom, right? When when the, someone is, is not feeling appreciated, and he doesn't understand what was going on, and and finally he read the book and he realized that his wife's love language were act of service, and so he would come home and he would help clean the kitchen, the dishes, help put the kids to bed, read them, a, give them a bath, feed them, give them a bath, and give them a bedtime story. And then he told his his wife, now I want you to go in there and relax and take a nice bubble bath and maybe even take a little cat nap because I'm coming. And guess what? She said the fact that he did that, it was like an aphrodisiac. She was all over that man because he spoke her love language, which was for her acts of service. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring out when we're dating and when we are um, trying to discover, um, is this the one? The, the words are very important, and especially when, when the, the future spouse or the girlfriend or boyfriend, they mess up. We, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to make a mistake. And, and I've made quite a few because <laughs> um, I haven't dated in so long. And, but how that future spouse or how that boyfriend or girlfriend responds also is an indicator of whether or not you can, your marriage can be divorce proof. I know that um, critical spirits, I don't, like being around critical spirits, um, I don't like being berated or, you know, just someone wearing me out with their mouth, you know, going over and over and over again, um, reiterating over again, you know, my, my error, my mistake. And I know that we have to have 
um, acknowledgement of our mistakes. We need to be repentive. We need to um, we need to take responsibility. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to correct this bent in our personality or this bent in our in our uh, minds of will and emotions in our soul. Correct it so that we can have a divorce-proof marriage, that we can have an abundant life, a great life, walking in the great plan that God has ordained for us to walk in from the beginning of time. So it's been interesting, very, very interesting, um, was I walked through this journey with now with wisdom, and I, and I look at the mistakes I made and then the response of my um my um, boyfriend to my mistakes. And then, of course, I look at his mistakes and my response to his mistakes as well. But we have really great communication. We we sit down and we discuss it and we say, OK, I messed up. You had every right to be upset. However, your response is not what I'm looking for in a, in a marriage. I'm not looking for this you know, in the long term. So we've got to um, figure out, you know, get deliverance, get healing of our wounded souls. The other interesting thing is, is that I definitely have noticed that there are a lot of forces that are moving around, especially if this individual is the one, especially if this is the one that God ordained for you to be with. You may have the manipulation of some spirits and people that never called you before, people that never talked to you before, all of a sudden they're calling you up and they're having these conversations with you. And um, I have recently, um, my boyfriend was in the car and I was talking with um a friendly acquaintance and an elderly gentleman. And we were dealing with a major uh, meeting that was coming up, um, dealing with um, racism in sciences, racism in the geosciences in particular. We make up less than um, African-Americans. Minorities make up less than 2% of African-Americans are in the geosciences. It is dismally low. So, the fact that I am a geologist slash geophysicist and also a science educator and I'm African-American female is a huge deal. I'm, 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 I'm a part of the less than um, two percenters, right? So, of course, um, this gentleman basically is um, a, f- a few decades older than me. So he's in during an era where they actually had lynchings and... Um, a lot of, you know, really bad things happen. Not that bad things still don't happen, but so, but this is during his formative years when he was growing up and it's, he started expressing himself, um, and, you know, and it really, you know, upset my boyfriend and he had every right to be upset. And I actually, I did try to, um, interject, you know, the, Christ Jesus in the conversation and um, kind of um, de-escalate um, the the high tension, the emotional um, um, furor, I guess I guess you would say. 
and interject the love of Christ Jesus because the only thing that's going to overcome hate of all kinds is the love of Daddy God, Yuevahe, the love of Christ Jesus, the love of the Lord God, Holy Spirit. Um, so we had to really work through that because he, you know, he had a lot of issues with that, and so did I. But I understood where he was coming from, you know. And so, um, so this is something that we need to address in our relationships. The enemy will be bringing people, and I've had so many people um, come, you know, you know, get involved and tap into my um, life now that I normally don't interface with. And, and I, I noticed that um, since I started dating and uh, old, old past boyfriends from 40 years and, you know, all this stuff. So I had to, I've got to be on alert because I want God's best. I want God's best for my boyfriend and I want God's best for myself. And I don't want to be tricked or deceived in on on no level at all. So I'm going to keep myself in alignment with God's word, stay under the covering, the protection, the boundaries that God has given me for um, dating, which is no sex until the wedding night. And along with some other criterions that I'm going to um, adhere to because I want God's best and I want to be under his covering, under his protection. Right. So the other interesting thing that I, you know, I would think to help us and divorce proofing our marriage and in particular um, prepping the foundation of it as we date is making sure that we um, stay in alignment with God's word, um, that we walk in love and love on Every level that we can think of. So the love of one, uh, the love ourselves properly by eating properly, um, you know, working out, um, filling our minds with the word of God, you know, keeping good thoughts in our mind, um, you know, just just walk. I, I love with um my godfather, um, Doug Apple, he, God gives him also these great um, mandates. And this year, his mandate is basically, Jesus, please walk in me, walk in me to the point that as I interact, encounter people, that that your spirit refreshes their spirit. So basically, he's he's like a, um, uh, a fresh living water that people um, need to um, rejuvenate themselves. So, of course, I'm trying to do the same thing. I want people, when they encounter me, that they feel refreshed, renewed, revised. And that's how we should be in our relationships with our future spouses, with our spouses now, right? So we need to what? Love ourselves properly and ask for the Christ Jesus to walk in us and to 
love people through us. And in particular, loving our what? Our future spouses and our spouses. Second level of love is to love one another, which now I'm in particular, this is talking about the body of Christ, the body of Christ Jesus, which is the church. And, you know, the church has really been going through some things. There was a lot of things that are not supposed to be in the church that are in the church. And we need to come to terms. We need to come to grips. We need to walk in unity in the body of Christ. And there's a commanded blessing when we walk in unity. So we need to love our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. The third level of love is to love our neighbors. And this starts with, of course, your spouse. I mean, that's the closest person to you, your spouse, and then your children and your family unit, your extended family, then your community, then your, then your, um, state, okay, then your, the nation, and then the world. So we are to love our neighbors, and everybody is our neighbor, but it starts off with your spouse. Love. And it's the agape love, the sacrificial love of God, which is miraculous. It's so holy. It's so healing. It's so awesome. So we are to love our neighbors. And of course, the final one, we are to love our enemies. That's right. We are to love our enemy. We are to love those people who mistreat us and misuse us and abuse us. We are to love them. Now, it doesn't mean that we are floor doormats. It doesn't mean that we let people abuse us and misuse us. But what it does mean is that we pray prayers of love. We ask Jesus to come into their lives. I've been praying for Tiger Woods. I have been praying for Tiger Woods for many different things. I've asked God to send laborers along his path and that he will come to know Christ Jesus for real. And guess what? Oh, he would have, I mean, his life was just beginning. He thinks that he was doing great when he was playing golf and making all those millions of dollars with endorsements and all that. No, it is nothing compared to having a real relationship with Christ Jesus. The life that he, that God has planned for Tiger Woods would just blow his mind if he would just Come, come into the family, come into the kingdom of God, accept Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and therefore become, you're not one with the Father, one with Christ Jesus, and one with the Lord God, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Loving your enemy isn't that you are a doormat. No, loving your enemy means that you, that you love them so much that you want the very best for them, that you want the very best for them. And so it is important that we walk in love. One of the things that my boyfriend says 
a lot that I really like. And he says, happiness is worth working for. I like to say joy is worth, joy is supernatural. It's a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is kind of circumstance, right? Your circumstances. But joy of the Lord, the fruits of the spirit, they're worth working for. They are worth working for. And so how do we um, make sure that our, our marriage and our our marriage is divorce proof is that we truly operate in love and the agape love, the sacrificial love of Christ Jesus, the sacrificial love of Christ Jesus, the blood of Jesus, that sacrificial love. If you take that and you bathe your the filet love, the, the friendship, the brotherly love, uh, instead of having a fair weather, weather friend, you'll have a brother closer, uh, a friend closer than a brother, right? If you bathe your your eros love with the agape love of Christ Jesus, with the blood of Christ Jesus, instead of you having affairs and instead of you um, not trying to be satisfy yourself and not try to satisfy your partner, um, the eros love bathed with the agape love of Christ Jesus. Oh man, now you're talking about supernatural sex in the covenant of marriage where you're safe, where you're protected, where you can have children that are protected, right? And then um, you have the agape love, the agape love bathing the storge love, the, the love that the father has for his children, the love that the mother has for his children, her children, excuse me, the love that the mother has for her children. Oh, yeah, this story, storge love bathed with the blood of Jesus, bathed the gothia love of Christ Jesus. Now we don't have incest. We don't have fathers having sex with their daughters or mothers having sex with their sons. Now we don't have pedophiles. We don't have any of this. The children are protected with the love of God, the agape love of God, the sacrificial love of God. And what is that really about? It's about you want the very best for that individual to the point if it means you sacrificing yourself for them, which is what Christ Jesus did on the cross. Christ Jesus gave up his body, gave up his soul, gave up his spirit to save us, right? And even though he was in excruciating pains, basically when you're crucified, you're basically drowning in your own fluids. So you are suffocating, you are drowning in your own fluids. And every time you heave yourself up to try to get another breath, it's excruciating pain. It's a very painful death. And not only that, he was scourged and whipped. Why? For our for our sins, for our transgression, for our healing, the healing of our minds, the healing of our emotions, the healing of our will, so that we could be bathed in his agape love and become the the person that God has ordained for us to be from the beginning of time. So we want that agape love of Christ Jesus, the agape love of Daddy God, Yuhe Vahe, the agape love of Lord God, Ruhakadash, Lord God, Holy Spirit. 
One of the interesting things that I wanted to discuss, and we'll go into more detail in a later broadcast, is how critical it is to have a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. I look back on my marriage of my parents, and I look back on the marriage of people that I truly loved, and it was extremely clear to me that they had no power that the enemy could take them and toss them to and fro, that they didn't have the gifts of the Spirit, that they didn't have wisdom of God, that they didn't have the knowledge of God, that they didn't have the faith of God, that they didn't have the miracle-working power of God, that they didn't have the healing power of God, that they did not have the gift of prophecy, that they did not have the discernment of spirits, that they did not have the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. They did not have these gifts, but more importantly, they did not have the fruits of the spirit. There's you, you are going to be devoured without the second baptism. You have no authority. You have no power without it. So you don't have the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, self-control against such there is no law. So it is essential that you get the second baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first baptism is like drinking a cup of water. The second baptism is like being thrown into the Pacific Ocean. This is where power is. This is where authority is. This is how you protect your marriage. This is where you get discernment of spirits. Yes. Yes, we will continue this discussion on how to divorce proof your marriage. But I do not want to end this broadcast without saying Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. Thank you once again for joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Pray.